Well, good morning, everybody. Almost New Year's, isn't it? Well, today, Pastor Grimes said, Dan, I want you to preach on the 29th. Now, this was several weeks ago. So I said, okay. Okay, that's good. That's, that's you know, right before New Year's and everything. And, and, and God gave me a message that I had to live through part of this message. So I'm excited about bringing it to you. You know, one of the things about, well, first of all, you know, if I start teaching, I have to have a flip chart near me. So let me just bring my, bring Max near me here. So you prepared to hear from God today? Amen. Amen. And, and he's going to be speaking to you. And you know what? We're going to be having a little bit of discussion among ourselves, too. So we're going to be talking. We're going to be looking at things. We're going to be having a good time. But one of the things we're going to be doing is ushering in the new year. Now, a lot of times we have a lot of evidence about what we intend to do for the next year. We got the best of intentions. And I got a little short video here by the skit guys, which kind of shows typically what may happen and part of the approach with our intentions for 2020. So let's go ahead and, and watch This Year I Mean It. This year, I mean it. I mean it, mean it. I could not possibly mean it anymore. I got this. Candy bars, gone. Funyuns, gone. Ice cream, candy bars and Funyuns are gone. This year, I'm gonna connect with people, IRL. In real life. Made a list. That means I mean it. I'm gonna take care of myself. Right after I figure out who that is. Other than a mom, which I love. I beat myself up. I'm never good enough. That has to change. Why do I do that? I'm such an idiot. See? This year I'm gonna work on being the cool dad, you know? Maybe go to the skate park, hang out with my kids. No biggie. <laughs> this works, right? I gotta learn to forgive myself. You know, give myself a break. Not be perfect. I've got it. I'm gonna step outside of my comfort zone by volunteering at the hospital. Maybe the pet shelter. Cause cats, they're so much easier. This year, I'm gonna forgive my mom. Now that I am a mom, I, I totally get it. This year I'm gonna start reading literature, you know, books and such, because I hear it's good for me. This year I'm shaving my back hair. I am tired of those kids at the neighborhood pool calling me Sasquatch. It's just that I am comfortable staying in my comfort zone. Who am I kidding? God, I wear myself out trying to outdo everyone. I, I can one-up everything and it's exhausting i have a lot of baggage and it is not all from the mall well some of it is i'm trying god i am but there's a reason why i'd rather stay at home i'm weak god i know it you know it and you know what god this year i'm giving you all the places that hurt I'm gonna give you all of my failed attempts that I think are gonna make me a better man. You are a strong fortress, God. You. 
and I'm going to let you be strong in my weakness. All right, God. I'm going to start with the best relationship. You and me. And then we'll move outward from there. Because this year, I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Amen. Amen. So this year we mean it. And when we say that, it's like, so what's the first step? That first step is critical. You know, I, uh, I was reminded of, of a saying that Dave Ramsey had. Uh, one of my son-in-laws, Chris, reminded me of that when we were talking. I thought, you know, that, that, that's really a, a good saying that, that Dave Ramsey, the, the, the Christian financial counselor, has. And he says, no one is going to hand you anything. This has been true since the beginning of time. You've got to leave the cave, kill something, and drag it back home. Then it's yours. <laughs> now, you know, we, we get, we get, now, look at the element of truth in that. We've got to go out and get it. We, we, we got to kill something. And, you know, to go out and, and to kill the thing that we really want and bring it back in, and then we have it, we got to choose the right weapon. I mean, if I was going to go out and, and get a bear and bring it back to my cave, hey, just because we call these bear hands doesn't mean that I can go out and get that bear, that I can get it. Well, we have spiritual weapons. And, and we've got a, a variety of them. Uh, one of them is the name of Jesus. In fact, we sang about that in a song this morning. The very name of Jesus. We speak, to the, name, we speak the name of Jesus over circumstances. We speak it with authority. Another one is, is the word of God. In fact, as a, as a weapon... In the whole armor of God, that's the offensive weapon. Mm -hmm. We take that word and we kill the lies of the devil with that. So we wield that sword. Another weapon is praise. Boy, we experienced that this morning. Praise. We put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We we display that praise in, in, in adoration. Because what that does, that, that provides the atmosphere for a deeper presence of God in our midst. And there's one more. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Go to the next slide, please. We, we put things under the blood because the blood washes away the things of the past, the things we're wrestling with in the present. We put it under the blood so we can move forward into 2020 with victory. But well, we got to put some stuff under the blood first. That's the first step. You know, we, I, if we don't do that, we try to do it on our own strength. And we get in as, well, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up chips and funions and, you know, what, 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 we got the best of intentions. But the question is, how do we get started? We put it under the blood. And we go, what? How can there be so much power in the blood? Well, whew, there is. Let's go to the next slide where it says the, there's power in the blood. 
And on your handout, you'll see here, looking at Hebrews 9.22, kind of gives us the basis. It says, actually, nearly everything under the law was purified with blood since forgiveness only comes through the outpouring of blood ever since the beginning of time. And, and, and blood plays an important part of life. It, it's the forgiveness of sins. We see in the Old Testament that they sacrificed bulls and goats for the forgiveness of sins. But you know what? That delayed forgiveness of sins until Jesus came. It could only do that. It couldn't really get rid of sin, but it could delay it. So, so they, that's why periodically they had to go through the ceremonially uh, sacrificing and, and letting the blood spill because it was the blood that washed away and, and had that forgiveness. And then we look at Colossians 1.13. I, I really like this from the standpoint of looking at, at deeper what the power of the blood is. And as we see in our notes here, it says, He has rec rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of His beloved Son. For in the Son's are all our all our sins are canceled. Yes. Canceled. Yep. Done. Canceled. And we have the release of redemption through the blood. Okay, notice two separate actions. The power of the blood. It cancels the sins of the past. And it releases yes. redemption. See, salvation isn't just a thing of the past. Jesus saved me from my sins. He's saving me right now. And then he's saving me in the future. When I die, I know where I'm going. So salvation is past, present, and future. So what this is saying is, is that blood takes care of that past. He buys your past with his blood. Ed, he bought your past. He says, you know what, Ed? I'm going to buy your past. And the only way I can buy it is with my blood. I'm doing it. Take the past. By the way, this is his blood. He covers it with the blood. All those sins of yours, covered underneath the blood. And you know what? Don't you dare go reaching back for those. Those are not yours. He bought them. Don't go in your past looking for stuff and grabbing it back because he bought that. No fair getting it because you can't because he bought it. So don't try. How many times have we tried? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we beat ourselves up so much we don't need anybody to beat us up. Then he releases the power of redemption. So see, that's why it's so important. At any time, but particularly, let's take today, because today is the day of salvation. Amen. Let's take today and put stuff under the blood. Let's put it under the blood so that not only does it take care of that condition, but it releases redemption going forward into 2020. So with that, let's go to the next slide. And we're going to take a look at several different topic areas. See, I got the number up there, number one. So that's the first topic area. And that is the blood saves families. Whew. 
the blood saves families. And I gotta, I'm, I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning of the book, back in Exodus. Okay, second from the beginning. but Where the Israelites were held captive. And this is when Moses had his bout with Pharaoh and, and the plagues were there. And, and finally, the last thing that happened was the death angel was going to pass over and kill the firstborn whether it be of animals or of people. But God provided for the salvation of families. And, and here's a key. I, I just want to read this to you. It's on your sheet. It says, Then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families. Notice that this, he didn't say, Pick out a lamb for every member of your family. Pick out one for you as an individual. He says, Pick out one according to to your families. Families are special to God. So he says, I'm going to cover your family. And with that, then we read, he says, and you'll take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. So he had it on the, on the, on the front of their house over the, the top of the door and on the sides. He had him paint the blood. And none of you shall go out of the door of this house until morning. And I would seek your shelter because of the blood. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. They were protected by the blood, and they were protected as a family. How many of us have family situations that need to be put under the blood? Let's go to the New Testament. You know, one of the things I, I like in there, and, and uh, we sang a bit about this morning about the, the, the power of, of God and about the shaking of prisons. In the New Testament, I want to take you over into, uh, into Acts. With Paul and Silas, they were in jail, in the deep heart depth of the jail, chained up. Chained up. Miserable conditions. And usually that was the part of the jail because it was so deep. It was cold. It was damp. Kind of like outside. came in this morning. It was raining cold outside, so I, I wore my hat. Somebody accused me of having hat hair. I was okay with that. At least they accused me of having hair. So I was, I was, I was way okay with that. But it was cold. It was dark. And can you imagine being outside for more than five hours? Some of you work in that environment, I know. But think of it, you were like half naked. So here's what it says in, in, in Acts 16, 25. It says, but at midnight, let me start over. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. See, they were using one of those spiritual weapons, praise. They could have just been, oh, woe is us. But they chose praise because they wanted to usher in the presence of God in that situation. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Wow. It ushered in the presence of God. And that power broke every chain and opened the prison doors. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, uh-oh, sleeping on the job, and all of a sudden, all the prisoners are free to go. Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. Hey, there are situations in which we realize, I, I messed up. I got no way out of this. I got no way out of this. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We got a way out. I don't care how bleak it looks. We got a way out. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Hey, we didn't leave. You can't help that an earthquake happened. Then he called for a light. All right. I don't think he was smoking a cigarette and wanted a light. All right. Then he called for light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Notice he said, what must I do to be saved? Notice Paul's response. Well, actually, Paul and Silas. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your Household. That's right. That's right. It's your family. It's your family. Now, now let's make no mistake about it. You got to put your family under the blood. You know, there's a saying out there: "Blood's thicker than water." Now, when you hear "blood's thicker than water," what do you what do you think that means? Somebody give me a, a quick version of what you think "blood is thicker than water" means. Family first. You know, that's the common meaning of it, but that's not how it started out. It was actually, when it started out, it was the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Which means the blood covenant is stronger than family bond. See, the, the world turned it around, or time turned around, or I don't care. I don't, but the thing of it is, just because we're a family doesn't mean that everything's okay. When we put it under the blood now, now we've got protection. Now we're beginning to live in that. Maybe there's something in, in our families that we need to put under the blood. So I ask you today. I ask, what would you like to see put under the blood for you or your friends or your family? What would you like to see put under there? Think about that for a moment. Got something? What would you like to see be put under the blood, either for your own family or, or for friends or, or for, for members of your own family or a neighbor? Okay, here's what you do. Share that with somebody close to you. Maybe you don't know somebody else. Just share it with them anyway. Say, well, Dan wants me to say this, so blame it on me. <laughs> but just share that. Share that with somebody. What is it that, that, that you see that, that you'd like for, for someone to be put under the blood? With Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's a, a family you observe. Maybe for, you just want it for your friends or somebody, a co-worker. 
ahead, share that with somebody right now. I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Seven seconds. Three seconds. Okay. So what were some of those things that you'd see, like to see under the blood? What would you like to see? Linda. I'm sorry, I, was, <laughs> I saw that Jay. Hate, addiction, cancer. Your kid's addiction. Right. Control. Oh. You know, and I'm repeating these things because we don't have microphones for everybody here. So I'm repeating them so that people on live stream can hear it. And Stacy wants to hear it too, so I'm making sure that we're. What else? January. Disorders. Oh, my word. Confusion. Others' baggage. There we go. And, and we're not talking about the baggage from the mall, right? Yeah, right. Disease, alcoholism, and brokenness. See, some of you think, well, only our family's dysfunctional. Well, guess what? There's a lot of dysfunction going on. But there's a lot of blood to share. This blood, the blood of Jesus is here to put over your families. Over these situations that we just talked about, we just shared about. I was going to write them down, but I don't think I'm going to write them down. We know what they are. And my handwriting isn't that great either. Let's go to the next slide. The blood cleanses us from all sin. You go, yeah, Dan, that's, that's pretty basic. Let's read this scripture and take it one step deeper in what it says. And it's 1 John 1, 7. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Yes, it reinforces the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. But notice what he put in that same sentence and that same thought is the importance of fellowship with one another. See, it takes forgiveness to walk in fellowship with one another. So family is important, but also relationships outside of family is important. And he provided a way for us to walk in relationships. And maybe there's some relationships. You know, sometimes, and I've been so guilty of this, there are relationships that I've had in the past, and I just... Let them grow kind of old and stale. Maybe I need to revive some of those. Maybe just at least let the person know that I'm thinking about them. We can put some of those relationships under the blood. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to just ask you again. Think about 
right now? What you would like to see put under the blood? What would you like to see put under the blood for you or for your family or for members of your family or friends? Think about that. What would you like to see? You don't even have to tell anybody, but you can share it right here. What are some of those things that you want to put under the blood dealing with relationships? What are some of those things? Those with mental illness. Those with mental illness. Oh. That maybe can't communicate well. Or that communicate toxically. Or, 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 or any of those. Good. What else? Oh, sickness and what else? Crime and violence. Somebody said mistrust over here. Bipolar disorders, depression, anxiety, under the blood in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Can that mess up a relationship? Yes. Oh, yeah. Ron. Well, nothing like getting to the middle of it, Ron. He's absolutely... <laughs> feel, okay, so put it... <laughs> Ron said that with relationships, the, the feeling that we always have to be right... Now, some of us are going, I know somebody like that. <laughs> Others of us are going, ooh, that could be me. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a mirror there. Yes, ma'am. Alzheimer's. Oh. Oh, when you think about the relationships of, of, of family and friends that gets, that gets damaged by Alzheimer's. Oh, we'll put that under the blood. What else? I heard somebody else. Depression. Depression. Generational curses. Generational cur Ooh, generational curses. Boy, that cuts across a lot of different things. Putting that under the blood. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Homosexuality. We got quiet in here. See, see, we're kind of getting at the heart of things now where we go, you know what, maybe I need to put that under the blood. I know somebody that I've distanced myself from because of their choices, yet they still need the love of God. Yes, ma'am. Schizophrenia? Here's a tough one. Narcissism. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to convince those who think they're the best in the world and the whole answer to everything of, of anything else. But we've got we to gotta put that situation under the blood because it's so easy to reject them. Yes. Arrogance. Pride. Confusion of gender. Well, there you go. Not sure of, 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 of what? Putting that under the blood. See, some of the stuff you can own. I mean, yeah, okay. We can try to handle through. And, and you know, there are medical means. I'm not, I'm not demeaning medical means. But the source of the problem is fixed with the blood of Jesus. We need to apply it and then walk in that redemption that it releases.
Don't go trying to go fishing back, getting them back out. If it's already been put under the blood. There will be a sign on there that says, no fishing. Amen. Let's go to the next one. The blood of Jesus provides remission and forgiveness of sins. Ooh. I'm going to read the scripture here. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Ooh, the cascading riches of his grace. Cascading riches. Cascading riches. What, what is that? What thought picture does that come up with? Cascading, cascading grace. Cascading riches. More and more? Oh, the pouring out of grace so much to whatever it's pouring into can't contain it, so it begins pouring out. Think about the forgiveness of sins. And yes, we, we need to apply that to our past. But think about that when we apply that forgiveness to others in our life. And we release that grace in us to be poured on them. Cascading grace. All of a sudden now the grace that we allow to be poured through us and that other individual, they may get so filled they pour it out. More to go around. But it's through forgiveness. And, and you notice that all three of these topics, they, 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 there's overlap between them. But wow, the blood of Jesus is the commonality here that gets us through these. What else should fit in here under this topic? When you think about what you'd like to see under the blood, either for yourself personally or for your family or for your friends or for coworkers or for neighbors, what else needs to be put under the blood that, that fits in this category? Kim? Divorce. There are things that, that strikes to the core. You know, they say, well, separation usually happens long before the divorce. And it's usually emotional separation. We put that under the blood. Put that under the blood. Just because we're not divorced doesn't mean we're not separated. Put it under the blood to bring it back. Amen. Yes. Sherry. Salvation for a family member. There you go. Oh, salvation for a family member. Absolutely. Yes, Larry. What was that? Loss of family. Woke up one day and just gone. Gone. Yes. Suicide. Oh. You know, not only suicide, but also attempted suicide. But when suicide happens, what a loss. What a hurt. That forgiveness. Oh, the blood of Jesus allows for that forgiveness. Amen. Let's go to the next one. The blood gives boldness to enter into God's presence. 
wow. You know, sometimes, just like we, you always say, well, I want to spend more time in God's Word. I want to do this, you know, and, and it's like, okay, okay. You know, we got to want to do it, too. Well, I want to do it. and want to, Yeah, I understand. What we really need is that dose of His presence that just, we can't stay away from it. We want Because when we're in His presence, we get more like Him, don't we? So Jane has experienced where she, she's just walked in here and has been healed because she knows she's around family. It's the presence of God, the presence of God with us that heals. Larry. My brother, Pastor Drawing, called me. I called him, I think it was yesterday, and I was in such distress. I was literally losing my mind from pain. It's been going on for 60 days. And by talking to him, and he prayed for me, all my pain, all my anxiety, everything went away. Amen. So Larry experience freedom. Let's give God a hand. Yes. So there was healing in your conversation with him and you're here. Amen. Okay. Okay. So, so listen to what Larry, Larry, because of his conversation with pastor, has been delivered twice of different things dealing to his nervous breakdown. So we can, we can boldly enter into God's presence. The blood of Jesus allows us to do that. If we look at that it, it, in, in Hebrews 10, 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And in the next scripture out of Ephesians, But now in Christ Jesus, you were, who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know what? You can say, yeah, but I haven't been doing my Bible study all year. I missed a year or two. It's okay. Put it under the blood and start being in his presence. Don't let a poor track record keep you from starting up. But you got to put it under the blood in order to start going forward. Trying to do it under your own strength, you might find yourself starting out for a couple weeks and then it dying down. Ride on the redemption that comes with the release of redemption with the blood of Jesus. Let's go to the next one. Number five. Oh, the blood overcomes the devil. See, out of Revelation, man, this is a powerful scripture. And they overcame him, and, and him is the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. 
Now, now, now look here at, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, when you look at the word testimony and the root word of testimony, it means do it again. Do it So when you give your testimony, what you're saying is God will do it again. If he did it once for you, he'll do it again for you and again for you and again for you. So yeah, you know what? Let's not give the devil glory. In fact, I remember one night in men's group, somebody said, I'm really offended that we capitalize S on the front of Satan. I just don't even want to give him that much recognition. <laughs> I'm going, so I almost put a lowercase d on devil for you there, Joe. Yeah. No, no. But, but, you know, the thing of it is, is that Jesus overcame by his blood. Our part in that is to put it under the blood, walk in the authority of the name of Jesus, and to use our testimony to tell others that he can do it again. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. When you do that, you are walking in his promise and in his love. Whew. Let's go to the last one. Number six. Maybe I should go in reverse order and do like the countdown like they do on New Year's Eve, but I didn't. Number six. The blood purges our consciences. Consciences. Now there is one... I, I hadn't thought of until I read the scripture. Notice the scripture reference is Hebrew 9.14, which says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You go, wait a minute. You know, too many times, and I've found myself where I may have what I feel to be a good thinking process and a good conscience. Maybe it needs purging. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of rewired in our thought process to really do what God wants me to do. You know, we look in, in it, I went to dictionary.com and it said conscience was the inner sense of what is right or wrong in one's conducts or motives impelling one towards right action. Okay. Follow your conscience. Well, if your conscience is lined up with the Holy Spirit, yeah! Mm -hmm. Knock yourselves out. Or stay awake or something like that. Well, but, but the thing of it is, is that sometimes our consciences, what, what, what our thought patterns are, are faulty. That's right. They have to be purged. And, and sometimes we keep on getting bad results, and I go, wow, but, and we think it's still right. We, something's got to change. I don't know how to change it. Pastor, when I get into a thought process sometimes, I don't know where to change it. The only one that can change my thought process is God himself by revealing to me where the fault is. Just yesterday, Pastor Turdick told, well, stressed it. I'm not going to get out of this by my way. Or, in other words, it's not going to be my way of out of this. It's going to be... It's not your way. It's not going to be not my your way. way out of it. It's going to be his way out of it. It's That's his why way. I'm so confused and blinded. You know, oh, thank you for bringing. 
Okay, so, so when we take a look at confusion, sometimes confusion is called because we've got all these different thoughts. I want to be single-minded. Stinking thinking by Pastor Grimes himself. Absolutely, that's what it is. Stinking thinking. And it isn't just a deodorizer we're going after here. The blood of Jesus completely dismantles it and puts the right conscience in us. But we got to walk in it. The first step is to put it under the blood. Now today, I believe God has been speaking to every one of you about things that you want under the blood. We've been talking about things that, that Nellie maybe apply to us, but also to our family, our friends, and whatever else. But there are things that we need as an individual and as a family to put under the blood. And that's okay. We all have, may have something to, to put under there. We may have a huge list. But until we put it under the blood, it's really hard to walk in that release of redemption in 2020 without putting it under the blood right now. So I want to invite us to put it under the blood. And in, in fact, sometimes I, when I say let's put it under the blood, okay, so let's bow our head and let's put it all under the blood. It's like, I'm sorry, that's not tangible enough. I got to put it under the blood. Ron and Jerry, would you please come up here? Here's what I'm going to do. We've been representing the blood of Jesus by this, but I got to tell you, this is the blood of Jesus today for you. Yes, it's in his word, but the blood of Jesus is here. And I'm going to have two guys. One's going to stand in the center aisle, another one's going to stand in the far aisle, and they're going to span the blood of Jesus across a row, and they're going to go back. As we hear the song, nothing but the blood of Jesus, you reach up. You put whatever you're thinking of right now under the blood. Go ahead. Touch it. Hey, guys, if you see somebody trying to reach for it and they can't, dip it a little bit. Dip yourself in the blood of Jesus. They're going to go down this side and then they're going to come up this way. But use it as a tangible way of putting it under the blood today. Whatever we talked about today, put it under the blood. <laughs>